FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hello, welcome back to Castaway. I'm Chris Hudson and you're listening to FIS's Freight and Commodity Podcast. It is Wednesday the 7th of April. For all those who had uh, Easter holiday, I hope you've had a, a nice long time off. Uh, and talking of holidays, we have back with us, Kerry. Yes, hello uh, there, Nice Chris, to have you back. Good, good, good. Right, uh, so you missed last week, and it was quite an eventful week in terms of the news because of that blockage in the Suez Canal. I did, I did. Was disappointed to miss out on that, but it was an exciting podcast to listen to. Exactly, but uh, somewhat less exciting this week. But let's go over the news, our indexes, and then into our main markets reviews so we can have an understanding of what's been going on the last week. So in terms of the news... Uh, the U.S. has backed uh, OECD plans for a global minimum corporation tax. Uh, most advanced economies will emerge from the coronavirus crisis with little lasting damage, uh, thanks to a rapid rollout of vaccines and their willingness to increase sharply public spending and borrowing. This is according to the IMF. Uh, back-channel peace negotiations between Pakistan and India, hosted by the UAE, have produced a possible mer- moratorium on fighting in Kashmir. And it looks like the two leaders are moving towards a meeting, which would be quite something. Yeah. Uh, the French government uh, is to inject some 4 billion euros in Air France KLM. Uh, India announced strict new measures to combat growing virus cases in the country. Uh, President Biden has proposed a just over $2 trillion infrastructure plan, uh, which is going to be paid mainly for by corporation tax rise. And the big news of the week is the U.S. is facing shortages of tomato ketchup. You know, that would that would be more serious if we were about a month later into summer and barbecue season. Maybe mm. maybe they'll squeak by now. Yeah, just just until. Yeah. But uh, apparently it's being driven by the increase in number of takeaways and sachets. So they haven't got any uh, ah. tomato ketchup some places. So if you don't, we uh, send our sympathies. But anyway, on to our market settlements. In terms of oil and products, uh, we've had a small fall off on most of those. Brent down 1.53%, ending 63.23 last night. Rotterdam, 3.5%, the high sulfur fuel oil, 3.41.65, down 2.86% week on week. That was Tuesday the 30th versus Tuesday the 6th yesterday. Sing 380, down 2.83%, 3.54.15. The 0.5s, the very low sulfur fuel oil, Rotterdam, down 0.8%, 4.45.39, hardly moving. Same is true on the Sing 0.5, only down 0.5%, 4.65.39. The high fives, have staged a bit of a rally, up both are above uh, 100 again now. Rotterdam 104 up 7.2%, and the Singhai 5 up 7.8% at 111. Kerry, what about the freight? Freight, well, by recent standards, a relatively modest change uh, week on week. Cape size 5 TC average is at $20,962. That's up 2580 or 14% from last week. The Panamax 4 TC. Moving the other direction, 20,544, that's down 2,627 or 11.3% week on week. And what about the iron ore index? The 62% Platts index is at 170.85, that's up $4.30 from last week or 2.6%. The metal bulletin 65% index is 199.30, that's also up $4.30 or 2.2% week on week. Ever so close to that $200 level there on those. <laughs> exactly. Finish off the indexes, we've got our tanker rates. Uh, TC2 down 10%, uh, 139.44, closing yesterday. 136.07, that was TC5 down 1% week on week. Uh, the VLs, TD3C down 5.1%, 32.67. And to round it all off, 
the only one that's gone up this week, TD25, 74.58. That's up 7%. So to mix up the order, Kerry, what are we seeing in terms of more detail in the market on the iron ore? Well, you know, what we're seeing is, again, a surprisingly resilient market in the past week, which I, I think is a line I'm getting very sick of saying this year. <laughs> With bank holidays in Singapore and much of Europe uh, and the States making it a short trading week, uh, Australian and Brazilian iron ore exports recovered significantly by 5.14 million tons uh, during the last week of March, and they are expected to maintain at strong levels during April, according to port lineups. China port inventories were also up at two-year highs of 131.3 million tons, as observed by Steelhome Index. Uh, the seemingly negative signals there, however, are offset by the fact that despite China cutting export rebates on HRC and rebar to zero, steel prices remain very strong domestically, with Tangshan billet prices hitting 10-year high of 5,040 renminbi per ton on the spot market. Uh, this is really indicating that despite government attempts to curb, uh, sorry, to curb exports, uh, traders continue to assume production restrictions, assume that production restrictions based on environmental controls might get even more severe. So, you know, the, the Chinese government's trying to curb those exports to, uh, to keep domestic supply acceptable, whilst also reducing pollution from the production from those blast furnaces. Traders are betting that there's going to be even more production controls put in later in the year. I guess you're coming into a time of uh, for China, which is the main construction industry exactly. time as exactly. well, which is really so, helping support prices. Without a doubt. And in fact, on construction steel physical volumes, we've also seen uh, uh, a five-day moving average of 277,600 tons traded last week. That is actually a five-year seasonal high. Uh, this healthy physical demand on the steel has been really what spurred the iron ore futures to gain some ground this week, with the May 62% contract trading at 164.65 this morning. That's according to the FIS Live app at the time of reading. Uh, gaining a healthy $8 on last week's close, while the Q4 paper was trading 140.65. That's up $7 from a week ago. It's worth noting that that 65 versus 62% spread continues to hover near the highs of 29 bucks. The question now, I think, is will steel mill margins need to grow higher in order to facilitate further growth in that spread? So watch this space. If those mill margins continue to grow, that spread could potentially as well continue to grow. And then on the oil and products, uh, a lot of it, I think, could be summarized by what we're seeing from the the API report that came out last night, um, which sh showed a draw of crude of minus 2.618 million barrels, but it did show a build of over 4 million barrels on, on gasoline stocks. So an outlook which you go, oh, that's not too bad in terms of the draw of crude and obviously with the economic picture improving around the world. Yeah. But actually behind the scenes, it's something which has mm. definitely caused a, a fall off of prices. So if you looked at the end of last week, we're fairly, fairly healthy on things. Uh, but this morning, we did drop below that $63 level. And a lot of that is off the you know, reinforced by those API predictions. Obviously, that's not what really is the data. We're waiting for the IA to actually confirm yeah. what level is coming out. But that has been the story of, of the last week where a lot of this is mulling over what happened with the OPEC meeting, 
So there you had Russia with its <clears throat> other countries uh, supporting it, agreeing to ease production curbs by 350,000 barrels yeah. per day in May, another 350,000 in June, and further 450,000 in July. So a lot of this are looking now at these easing of these curbs. They're really, they're really focused on that recovery from COVID-19 more than anything else, right? Yes, so, and a lot of those curbs yeah. have supported prices exactly. quite considerably in that, if you remember, April yeah, last year. Very much so, yeah. Uh, has really recovered quite well, but that seems to have taken the edge off what was um, a fairly well recovering market. And there was also that situation that we had an 8% fall the week before as well, because of all those previous hedges who come in, bought the market, and then there was just zero support, went through four support levels on that. So the story of the week has been a slow slide off yeah. uh, into into these prices where we are just above the 62, 62 and a half we opened this morning on Brent. Uh, and then if you look at the products, uh, that has been again, impacted by where crude levels are going. We've seen a weakening high sulfur fuel oil crack, which has an inverse relationship with Brent. So as Brent rose at the end of last week uh, and into the first onto, into Monday uh, of this week, we did see a softening uh, of prices compared to, to crude because of that inverse relationship. Um, but moving to the dollar as well, uh, we've seen that slip, uh, which is obviously not, We've had a previous and a very strong dollar, um, definitely capping in those increases on Brent. But we've seen that slip to that supporting prices yeah. uh, and helping things again. But again, talk about the 0.5% market and specifically in Singapore. It is unlikely to see any significant upside from prevailing levels in the week uh, 5th to the 9th. And this is due to kind of lackluster sentiment in the upstream Singapore marine fuel, the 0.5%. That's uh, a very low sulfur fuel oil. Uh, Singapore 380 high sulfur. That's the, the other grade uh, and users were waiting to take cue from the direction that upstream cargo market was likely to take uh, in the week to <clears> April 9th. <throat> so a lot of that's coming the basis yeah. of, of physical trading and what's happening. But it is interesting again to see it to point out what we saw in the index is that those high fives are increasing again. We've seen the, the difference between the gas levels and the 0.5% levels stay fairly steady. So a lot of this has been driven by that weakening of crack, which then opens up opens up the difference between those two fuels. But not too much to to show uh, on that. We will definitely be keeping an eye in terms of what happens with the EI data and that real data coming out of the US government uh, later this week uh, and what impact that has. It could be a complete retracement of what we happen because you do get a lot of the time that the API doesn't necessarily get the data correct. Not always calling it perfectly. So, yeah. No, and you get a weird reaction sometimes to what's happening on in, in actual market. But in terms of big events or anything, it just seems that people are mulling over what's happening with OPEC. Are things going to be as good economically coming into the, the middle of this year when those curbs start to be refreshed lifted, and yeah. lifted and the increase in, in production? I know Russia are very keen to be pushing that. And then question mark, what Saudi Arabia do with its extra cuts? <laughs> exactly. A million extra million barrels a day has been cutting extra. Oh, suddenly everyone stopped talking about those and forgotten about <laughs> yeah. those. But anyway... So, so let's finish off our market review, Kerry Freight. Well, it's been a divergent week on the dry freight with the Cape size and the Panamax markets moving in opposite directions. For the big ships, the return of traders after Easter saw rates in both basins pushing as strong iron ore shipments that we mentioned earlier uh, emerged from both Australia and from Brazil. In the Pacific, rates on that C5, that's West Australia to China, jumped with uh, $10.30 being heard yesterday uh, for late April loading out of Headland, uh, done a couple of times, in fact, at that level. Out of Brazil, the C3 index pushed above 22 bucks with rates even higher than that now being heard for end April loading dates as well. So 
the strength in iron ore exports paired with, I think, an increasing cold flow from East Australia after the flooding there has receded a bit, uh, looks fairly optimistic for now. This has driven a fairly sharp gain on paper, albeit, I must say, on thin volumes with the May 5 TC trading 26,750 this morning and the Q4 trading 22,250 this morning. Uh, the Panamax has started dropping sharply towards the back end of last week, or even towards the middle of last week. In the Pacific, no-pack grain volumes dwindled, and owners began taking out bids wherever they could find them. Uh, the Atlantic looked very little better, with uh, transatlantic business also drying up, and a reasonable supply of balusters capping those rates out of East Coast South America now. And although the, the paper attempted to briefly push up yesterday morning, just after the long weekend, the offers quickly came back, and the May paper today is trading 19,600, uh, just below the levels of last Tuesday after the sharp drops had just begun on the paper. The Q4 on the Panamax 4TC is trading 14,875, in line with the levels of a week ago. And talking of freight, it's something that we've been pushing here at FIS for, for a little while. Uh, in terms of the index changeover, Yes, I don't indeed. know if you can outline a bit more about that, <clears throat> what's been happening and what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Well, as we reminded people a couple of times, the 4TC index on the Panamax is no longer being produced. It is a derived index that is simply taken by measuring the 5TC average and subtracting $1,336. The Baltic Exchange does not want to keep doing this forever, um, nor do I think most of the clearinghouses want to continue to list contracts that are based only on derived indices. So we are encouraging our clients to explore shifting their liquidity into the Panamax 5TC index contracts. Uh, we are in discussions with both of the major clearinghouses about the potential for a fee-free fee clearing window. This is something we will give you more news about very shortly and uh, hopefully can facilitate a rollover into the newer, brighter, shinier 5TC contracts. Okay, exactly. Well, uh, we'll be bringing more news next week of our update of main markets. And I hope that you enjoyed this week of our quick overview of the freight, iron ore, and oil markets. Uh, for those listening, do join us again next week. And it's good to have you back, Kerry. Yep, good to be back. Thanks a lot, Chris.